Have you heard you can listen to your favorite gripping investigations ad-free? Good news! With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash ad-free true crime. That's amazon.com slash ad-free true crime to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every day, millions take to the internet to find love, a date, or just a hookup. While many encounters become exciting new relationships, some become devastating dates with death. I'm about to tell you the story of one such deadly online connection. Welcome to I Met My Murderer Online. I'm Patricia Brown, but you can call me Patches. I've got a dead body, Inspector. I may be able to help with that. This winter, all your favorite detectives are streaming on BritBox. Don't miss exclusive new seasons of Death in Paradise. There must be something we've missed. Vera. It wasn't an accident, was it, love? Father Brown. What did he look like? And more. Once you start investigating, you won't want to stop. We're done when I say we're done. Stream your favorite detectives only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. 23-year-old University of Utah student Mackenzie Lewick landed in Salt Lake City just after 1.30 a.m. on Monday, June 17, 2019. She had flown in after attending her grandmother's funeral outside of Los Angeles. The young woman was only flying to Utah to go to her final exams. This is criminal defense attorney Sarah Azari. She's going to stay a week before returning to Southern California. The plane landed around 1.30 in the morning as she texted her mother that she'd arrive safely. But it would be the last text message her mother would ever receive from her. Mackenzie Lewick was reported missing three days later by her father. He called the Salt Lake Police Department from his home in Southern California, alerting them that his daughter had not been in contact with them since that fateful text to her mother. Yeah, I'd like to get, if possible, have a wellness check done on my daughter. She uh, flew in from California uh, Sunday night. She got in about one and it was the last time I've heard from her and I've been trying to get a hold of her all week. And her phone just tends to go to voicemail. I was just wondering if I could have somebody maybe go by her house and check on her. Okay, what is that address? Um, let me get that for you. They took the call and noted it, but didn't have much to go on at that point. No one else had reported her missing. Maybe she didn't want to be found. It was three o'clock in the morning. This is law enforcement expert Eldridge Armstrong. She was only eight miles from her apartment. Why she instructed the driver to drop her off at a waiting car at that time of night is a question we may never get answered. According to the Lyft driver, he asked Mackenzie if she was sure she wanted to get out of the park. She said yes. Then she was never heard from again. The Lyft driver said there was another car waiting for her. If that was true, why didn't that car pick her up from the airport? Hatch Park was where Mackenzie was dropped off. The park has security cameras and detectives went to obtain footage from the early morning hours of June 17th. 
But in a cruel twist of fate, those cameras weren't of any use to authorities. Those cameras were there to deter any potential vandals. They were not working cameras, only dummies. The question remained, did the Lyft driver know that? Or if Mackenzie really was there to meet someone, did she or the person meeting her know that they were fake? Maybe she was meeting someone and picked that spot thinking if anything happened to her, she at least be on camera. Mackenzie Lewick never made it back to her home that night, nor does she attend her finals in the following days or make it to her job as a lab technician. Texts and calls go unreturned. Five days after Mackenzie had last been seen and two days after she was reported missing, police start to worry for her safety. On Thursday, June 20th, at approximately 4 o'clock p.m., we received a call from the Lueck family reporting that they had not heard from their 23-year-old daughter, Mackenzie, or Kenzie, since early Monday morning, the 17th of June, when she texted her mother at 2.01 a.m. Mountain Time. Mackenzie was visiting family for a funeral in California last week and returned to Salt Lake City on a flight that arrived early last Monday morning at approximately 1.35 a.m. Mountain Time. Mackenzie then took a lift at 2.42 a.m. to Hatch Park in North Salt Lake City. She arrived at Hatch Park at 2.59 a.m. Detectives have spoken with the lift driver and learned that Mackenzie was met at Hatch Park by an individual in a vehicle. The lift driver left Mackenzie at the park with that person and stated that Mackenzie did not appear to be in any type of distress. To date, the family and her friends have not heard from her. She missed a midterm exam and a flight. And at this time, there is no evidence that any harm has come to her. However, because of the circumstances of the case, we want to make sure that she is all right. As of now, we have activated a tip line for this specific case and are asking for anyone with information on possible whereabouts of Mackenzie to please call Some of the questions you have are the same questions our detectives are seeking answers for. We encourage the public to help help us answer these questions. These questions include, does Mackenzie have an alternate phone that she has used or is using? Who did Mackenzie meet in North Salt Lake City? Does Mackenzie have any social media accounts we don't know about? And is anyone in contact with Mackenzie online or by phone currently or within the last week? The police don't have anything to go on, unfortunately. There is no initial evidence that McKenzie was in danger. And if an adult wants to go off the grid, it's not illegal to do so. When she doesn't show for her return flight home to California a week later, the police become convinced something had happened to her. They start with footage of her at the airport. The first thing authorities looked at was her last known location. Airports have a ton of footage, and the authorities combed through and were able to piece together how she left via a lift. For the most part, hired drivers like Uber and Lyft are safe and great ways to get around town by experienced locals. But do you know what they are? Complete strangers that you hire online. It wouldn't be the first time a woman went missing after getting into a taxi or a hired driver. How you doing, sir? Good, how you doing, officer? I need to see your driver's license, registration, proof of insurance, please. Sure. The Lyft driver's story checks out. 
He left after dropping Mackenzie off and went on to drive several other customers that night. Their first lead came up empty, so Salt Lake City detectives began to further decode just who Mackenzie Lewick was. Law enforcement expert Eldridge Armstrong explains. By most accounts, Mackenzie was a shy, friendly, and caring woman when she came to college. Friends say she would leave messages to herself, telling herself to be more confident and assertive. She preached safety to her friends. Everyone liked her. They can't find a single shred of evidence pointing to a person who would slink around in the dead of night, getting into strange cars. Something wasn't adding up. Attorney Sarah Azari. When a person is missing, authorities need to get a sense as to who that person is. They start with family and friends, and after talking with many who knew her, they find out what they already suspect based on their initial search. Here was a woman who seemingly had her head on straight. She was studying to be a nurse, majoring in kinesiology. She was in a sorority, had a pet cat, and had a steady job in her future field. The other girls she rented a house from said she was clean and tidy and respectful. They even laughed as they told stories of her hiking with her cat. Detectives were baffled by her disappearance. Even her phone records show the phone turned off at 2.59 a.m., the very same time she got into the car in the park in North Salt Lake City. Did she turn it off or was she forced to? At this time, we cannot confirm the make and model of the vehicle that picked up Mackenzie or the description of the person at Hatch Park on June 17th. The description we have is vague. It could have been a male or a female. We've exhausted all avenues of determining that information and want to ask this person to please call us. 23-year-old Mackenzie Lewick disappeared after getting into an unknown car at a local park in the middle of the night. The case, however, takes a drastic turn after police receive a tip. As it turns out, McKinsey met this man in a bar. So cute. <laughs> it wasn't a date or anything. Just a random occurrence, and her and her friends are casually talking to him. <laughs> McKinsey reveals something about herself that even her friends did not know. It's probably about a month before um, her disappearance. This is Salt Lake City-based private investigator Rob Joseph. I got invited by a friend of mine to come to a strip club in Salt Lake City, and I went to this club, and uh, Mackenzie Lewick was there. She was having lunch, having drinks, and I got to her table just in general conversation, and um, she was actually there on a sugar daddy date, believe it or not. And um, that's how I knew initially. She, she said she'd already had a... a an arrangement with somebody on Seeking Arrangements. She was currently in an arrangement with somebody who is quite considerably older. Seeking Arrangements is a site for young people to meet wealthy older people. In most cases, it is older men meeting younger women. So we just kind of had this conversation and she told me all about herself and um, she just seemed really bright, intelligent, full of life. Um, and she's just telling me about her life. and. I'm just like, you know, you seem like a pretty sharp girl. So we get to the question of what the hell are you doing? Because she told me that she was on a sugar daddy day. And then she's like talking about, you know, oh, maybe I'll be a stripper, you know, getting all excited about this. And I'm, I'm looking at her like, you're, you're a smart girl. You're, you're kind of in a graduate study at school. You have a good supportive family. 
I just don't understand, you know, really what's going on in your head. Her sugar daddy gave her a bunch of wines and she's down there throwing money at the strippers and comes back to the table and, and she's just like, oh, this is exciting. And, and I, I just pulled her aside and I'm like, listen, you know, I'm an ex-cop. I've worked this town. I'm a PI. I deal in this industry a lot with uh, infidelity and, and, you know, the sex trade and trafficking. And, and I like, I have a lot of experience in this. And you really don't understand what you're getting yourself into. And I, I don't know if it's part of it's the excitement, the thrill of the unknown. And for her, she had, like she said, a couple of good experiences, but it only takes one, right? One bad experience and it is all over. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Patricia Patches Brown, and this is I Met My Murderer Online. It wasn't until three weeks later when Mackenzie's face had been plastered all over the news did things start to come together for the P.I. I tell you, that, that girl, the Mackenzie girl, the blonde from California, and I'm like, okay, and he goes, that's the girl that's missing. And then the, the light went on and I'm like, oh, okay, I, I wasn't paying attention before, but now I know. I got on seeking arrangements because I knew that's where she was on. I created this fake profile and um, and I started searching the parameters of, you know, look, age, um, you know, body type. And then I I think it took me about 45 minutes searching through, through profiles and I found hers. The interesting thing about it was, you know, she wasn't concealing her face. All the information that was in her profile was all was all true. I mean, she had described herself in her profile exactly as she described herself to me personally. Mackenzie was keeping a secret from her Mormon family and her friends. There was more than this sweet nursing student that met the eye. And Rob Joseph wasted no time in cluing in the police. I started searching, you know, when was the last time she was active? And then I determined that based on the Seeking Arrangements site, the last contact she has was prior to getting on the plane in California. I just took the leap that this was most likely um, the last person she communicated with and most likely the person she met in the park at three o'clock in the morning after getting off her plane. And so I quickly got on the computer um, and sent an email to some homicide detectives and I just, I sent her the profile. I gave him the time, I gave him the link, all the screenshots. Her profile matches up with her experience on the site. According to the investigation, McKinsey had only signed up for seeking arrangements one month prior to her disappearance. It's true that she seemed to be a novice to that particular site, but she may not have been new to the whole sugar daddy and sugar baby relationship. Online comments she made to private Facebook posts point to someone who had experience in this world. This was a confident woman, 
and wasn't this wasn't her first time doing this. If she was meeting someone she met online, she must have felt safe to meet with this person at this time of night. She seemed too smart to meet with someone with whom she had no relationship with at three o'clock in the morning. Attorney Sarah Azari says young women need to be cautious on such sites. It isn't very typical for a sugar baby to meet up with a sugar daddy she just met online, or at least it isn't recommended. These relationships are built on many different conversations over time. It's not always a sex thing. If she was meeting a sugar daddy, I bet she'd been conversing with him either over the phone or online for quite a while. But that car Mackenzie so casually walked into that night was the last time she'd be seen alive. The Lyft driver confirmed Mackenzie seemed unfazed by the meeting. Days pass. Police then turn to the dark underbelly of social media and take a deep dive into her connection with online dating sites. If she was meeting someone as a sugar baby, who was her sugar daddy? Authorities found profiles for her on several sites, and it appears she had logged onto the Seeking Arrangements site one day before she went missing. One of the problems with these sites is there is very little oversight. Profiles can be whatever they want them to be, which is why late night meetings aren't recommended unless there is already an established safe relationship. Police can't answer why her phone was turned off almost immediately after she left the lift. There's another rule of these sites. Don't lose or turn off your phone. It might be your only lifeline. When police bring to light McKinsey's sugar baby relationships, friends either don't know about it or don't want to talk about it. There's this misconception that this doesn't happen at religious universities, but in fact, it happens all over the country. College students know all these websites, but it's taboo to talk about it. There's a lot of money in this. Women can earn in one night what it takes to earn in one week at a regular college job. And I'm not even talking about sex or prostitution. It happens, yes. But many sugar daddy, sugar baby relationships are just about connecting. The older man feels good about himself that he's seen with a young, attractive woman that he's providing for. And the woman is empowered because she's setting the boundaries and pay. The revelation of McKinsey's dating profiles start to connect the dots. As the FBI joins the search, McKinsey's subpoenaed phone records point authorities to a new suspect. Phones are an extension of oneself. If you really want to know who a person is and what they've been doing, get a look at their phone records. After McKinsey disappeared, her Instagram account had been used to follow someone. That clue, as well as recovered texts, allowed police to pinpoint where that access had come from. Private investigator Rob Joseph. How they actually got to him was he'd obviously had her phone and he was turning it on. And then what he did was he got on Instagram and started posting some stuff on her Instagram that were indicating that she was searching for sexual encounters or some type of relationship that way. And I don't know if he was trying to paint a profile of this reckless girl running around, trying to redirect that she's still alive and she's out there. And they pinged his phone to get that, get his home address. As it turns out, police tracked down the phone that this text chain belonged to and began to question their suspect. So let me just 
go through this. You you called me you, afterwards and you showed me some the screenshots of your phone, right? Yes. You're here. You said you wanted to come down and show us some stuff and everything. Yes. Okay, so we didn't call you down here. You're not under arrest. You're not being detained. You can leave anytime you want to, okay? It just doesn't mix. I just want to, I want to get to the root of it sure. too. Yeah. Because when you said my IP is showing, right. that means something is wrong. Ayula Ajayi is a Nigerian-born legal immigrant in the United States. At the time of McKinsey's disappearance, the 31-year-old was living just outside of Salt Lake City. Law enforcement expert Eldridge Armstrong. Ayula, or AJ, as he's often called, was a former member of the National Guard. While the National Guard lists Ajayi as one-time enlisted, he didn't attend any basic or advanced training and was discharged after six months. Police arrive at his home about 10 days after McKinsey was last seen. Police arrive at Ajayi's house and he's personable and cooperates with them. He informs them that there's another person in the house, an Airbnb renter. He's renting out the basement. Now police have two suspects. The initial search of the house doesn't reveal much. Police wait for a warrant so they can perform a more thorough search of Ajayi, his phone, and the Airbnb renter. The renter was interviewed but eventually cleared. He had nothing to do with McKenzie, but the case against Ajayi was gaining steam. Police body cam showed how relaxed Ajayi seemed during that initial search. He waited patiently for investigators to finish, but it didn't take long for authorities to find evidence that Ajayi needed to answer to. One such piece of evidence was his connection to seeking arrangements, in particular to a relationship he had developed to user Beach Baby 96, the same profile belonging to Mackenzie Lewick, who he also messaged the day before she disappeared. During the police interrogation, AJ said he had no idea who Mackenzie was other than what he had recently seen on the news. These dates right here, mm-hmm. the 17th, all these dates and times, the 16th when I told you, mm-hmm. and when you told me 612, all these t- messages are messaging her phone from your Wi-Fi, from your IP. Really? Mm-hmm. That's why we're coming to talk to you. We didn't just pick you out of the, from a phone book, you know? Yeah, I was, <laughs> that's why I was freaking out. I started logging into everything. It's like, I need to start gathering information. I even called my lawyer already. I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on. Police reveal they know Mackenzie Lewick's photos were on his phone before she disappeared, causing Ajayi to admit they had a relationship online but never met in person. Here's the thing that doesn't make it so random is you were talking to her. I mean, you messaged her. Mm-hmm. She messaged you. No, she messaged me, and I just showed you my profile. Well, no, but my you phone number back and forth a couple times. Yeah, like two times. Well, I mean, and she just stopped responding. So on that website, you can put it there like, you don't want this type of race or this type of gender. So she stopped responding once I sent out my pictures. I thought maybe she just doesn't want my type of race, so I just stopped responding to her. Right. But she actually texted you on your phone number. Yes. Police also canvassed the neighbors, and they report smelling a horrible smell from a bonfire coming from Ajayi's house sometime in the past week. The case against AJ was building, but they had to let him go. Police weren't ready to charge him with anything. They had texts and they had pictures and neighbors reports, as well as Airbnb guy saying he went with AJ to purchase and fill up a gas can 
because he wanted to burn something. Police investigate the bonfire in the backyard, going so far as to bring in cadaver dogs. What they find blows the case wide open. Police dug up his entire backyard. They worked throughout the night and found over 20 boxes of evidence. Cameras installed in and around the house, coincidentally, had no footage on them for the night of June 17th. In the backyard, they found all sorts of incriminating evidence, including burnt pieces of cell phone, pieces of other interesting material that related to McKenzie. Charred bone and tissue determined to belong to a female was also found. Time had run out on Ayula Ajayi. Police charge Ajayi with, among other things, aggravated murder and desecrating a body. He pleads not guilty. With no body other than some charred bits, police want to know where McKenzie was. AJ still doesn't play ball and says he didn't know where she was, but his phone says otherwise. Jai's phone pinged him in the same park as McKenzie on the night of her disappearance. Criminal defense attorney Sarah Azari. And at the same time, his phone showed him going to a secluded location almost 90 miles away in Logan Canyon. He was there for two hours and then came back. Police wanted to know why. AJ, I just told you that your phone records and the location put you up at the meet. Do you think honestly and expect me to believe that you ended that conversation and somehow you and her and her location end up in the exact same spot? Oh, I'm not doubting you. If I see that too, if I'm your kids, I would be asking myself, what are you asking me right now? It's not a miraculous question. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Okay. Stuff doesn't just happen. No. Yes, I agree with you. I'm telling you to explain that. And so far, you have not. Oh, how do I explain something I don't know? Are you saying you don't know or you don't remember? Because those are two different things, AJ. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I'm Patricia Patches Brown, and this is I Met My Murderer Online. Thanks to phone records and GPS locators, police backtracked where Ajayi's phone had been. And on July 5th, 2019, after more than two weeks, Mackenzie Lewick's burnt body is found. Her arms had been tied behind her back with zip ties. Salt Lake City Police Chief Mike Brown delivered the news he dreaded. It's with heavy heart that I address you today. After an exhaustive week of investigation, we are filing charges of aggravated murder, aggravated kidnapping, obstruction of justice, and desecration of a body in the homicide of Mackenzie Luck. The man charged with these horrific and tragic crimes is the person of interest, Ayola Adese Achaya. I will not be saying the killer's name again. During a search warrant on the arrested person's residence and property on June 26th, the arrested person's neighbors informed detectives that they observed, observed him burning 
something in his backyard with the use of gasoline on the dates of June 17th and June 18th. The search warrant resulted in the findings of a fresh dig area on his property, which is the same area that the arrested person was reported burning something. A forensic excavation of the burn area was conducted, which resulted in the finding of several charred items that were consistent with personal items of Mackenzie Luck. Other charred material was located, which has been determined to be female human tissue and is consistent with the DNA profile obtained through further forensic testing of personal items of Mackenzie Luck. At 9.20 this morning, we were able to take the sus suspect into custody. After the arrest, I spoke with Greg Luick and, and informed him of the developments in this investigation. This is one of the most difficult phone calls I've ever made. As both Greg and his wife, Diana, were devastated and heartbroken by this news. Greg wanted me to say again that they are so thankful to the officers and staff of the police department. And I would like to echo his sentiments. I am personally grateful. In October of 2019, nearly four months after Mackenzie Lewick entered his car that fateful night, the Jai pleaded guilty to aggravated murder and desecration of a human body. Third District Judge Vernice Trees handed down his sentence. Having considered all the information then presented in this case, the sentences are imposed as follows. In count one, criminal homicide, aggravated murder, a first degree felony, life in prison without parole. Count two, abuse or desecration of a human body, a third degree felony, uh, the maximum sentence of an indeterminate term at the Utah State Prison of not more than five years. In case number 19190-8319, count two, forcible sexual abuse, a second degree felony, the maximum sentence of an indeterminate term at the Utah State Prison of not less than one year and no more than 15 years. The facts surrounding the death of Ms. Lewis, beginning with the planning of her murder, the murder itself, and the manner in which it was committed, the desecration of her body afterwards, shows the type of extreme cruelty and depravity that calls for nothing less than consecutive sentences. Even if it will not make a bit of difference because the defendant will spend the rest of his life in prison on the aggravated murder charge alone, will not adequately show the victims, their families, friends, and the community that these crimes and the defendant's conduct are the worst of the worst. Despite the sentence to life without the possibility of parole, questions remain as to why this young girl's life had to end in such a horrible way. The cause of death had been determined to be a blow to the left side of her head. After some time, AJ admitted to everything. He said he turned off the cameras so there wouldn't be any trace. He even strangled her with a belt even as she pled for her life. Then she passed out. Then he delivered the fatal blow. Police also charge him with additional crimes, sexual in nature. 
A woman came forward after seeing him in the news and claimed that he had raped her. As part of the guilty plea for murder, he also admitted to that woman's sexual abuse. In the wake of this terrible incident, friends of Mackenzie are using her name to help make sure the same thing doesn't happen to someone else. A foundation called Mackenzie's Voice was started as a way to help others who might be potential victims of online meetups. Through Mackenzie's Voice, they've already helped one 16-year-old girl return home safe, and they helped convince city officials to put working cameras in Hatch Park, where it all started. I just want these young women to know that this is very, very dangerous. And if you choose to do this, you need to meet in a, in a location where there's people, take a friend, get to know a little bit about the person, um, ask them for their Instagram, ask them for their Facebooks, get to know a little bit about them before you choose to do this. Uh, the idea of getting off a plane, going to a park, three o'clock in the morning to meet somebody that you don't know. You've just put your whole life into that person's hands. They hear these stories and eh, it's not gonna be me. I guarantee Mackenzie Lewick had no idea that this would ever happen to her because if she did, she would never have done it. Our producer contacted the Salt Lake City Police Department requesting to interview the detectives involved in the investigation of Mackenzie's murder. He received this response. Our detectives are no longer interested in speaking about this case. Out of respect for them and the Lewick family, as this case continues to take a significant toll on them and our department. Mackenzie Lewick's tragic death is a reminder that strangers online aren't always what they appear to be. And there was no way for Mackenzie to know that by clicking submit on her dating profile, it would be the moment she met her murderer online. I'm Patricia Patches-Brown.